welcome to Digestible, a podcast made to break down and understand those questions we have surrounding our bodies and minds. I'm your host, Bethany Hardy, a budding science student and an all-round inquisitive individual on a mission to learn what there is to know on all things it means being human and how to deal with the obstacles we face. In each episode, I'll be covering a range of topics from science to society, explaining evidence-based facts, passing on experiences, opinions, so that together we can learn and empower the educated, insightful versions of ourselves in a safe, happy environment. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome to Digestible. I think this is episode five that you're listening to. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So in this episode, we are going to be discussing all things about the menstrual cycle. So I just want to put a trigger warning here, just in case this isn't your kind of thing or it's a little bit upsetting. Please do click off. I don't want to upset anyone. I'm also talking about people who menstruate. This is not just about the word women. This is about all people who menstruate and have the menstrual cycle. I'm exclusively just talking about the average of what scientifically happens. So I mean no pre-existing conditions, anything like that. So this is a completely generalised term. I also want to put out there that I'm not a healthcare professional. This is for entertainment purposes only. So if you do need the attention of a doctor, please go and seek medical advice. So let's get straight into it. Let's talk about the anatomy of the period. So, in the anatomy of the reproductive system, we have the uterus, or the womb. It's a pear-shaped organ, about the size of your fist. It's located between your bladder and lower intestines. Then we have the cervix. It's the lower third of the uterus and its opening, which is called the OS, which is the entrance to the vaginal canal and lets the period come out. Then we have the fallopian tubes. Fallopian tubes extend from each side of the uterus and near the end of each fallopian tube is an ovary. The ovaries are tiny almond size, almost, (laughs) organs that produced eggs. Each ovary contains from 200,000 to 400,000 follicles, which contain the materials needed to produce eggs. Then we have the endometrium. The endometrium is the inner lining of the uterus and this comes out as your menstrual flow. In addition to the endometrial tissue, your menstrual flow also contains blood and mucus from the cervix and vagina. So that's the anatomy of what we're going on today. So let's go on to our next bit. When do you get a period? When does it stop? How many and how long? Well, this is quite a tricky question because... There is no one size fits all. I mean, I think we can say that with every topic that we've covered in this podcast. So it's a really long spectrum. Some start their period as early as eight, but the average is normally between ages 12 to 16. Periods usually end when reaching the menopause. This is when a menstruating person stops having periods and is no longer able to get pregnant naturally. This usually occurs between ages 45 and 55. The menstrual cycle typically occurs every 21 to 35 days. It starts with phase 1 and finishes with phase 3, before going straight back into phase 1 and repeating the cycle all over again. It's not unusual to have shorter cycles or longer cycles, but again, if you're worried about it, just speak to your doctor. Now let's go into it in a bit more detail than that. Let's have a look at the phases in the period. 
So, it starts off with phase one, which is the follicular phase. The main event in this phase is the development of follicles in the ovaries. When the follicular phase begins, levels of estrogen and progesterone are low. Due to this, the top layers of the thickened lining of the uterus, which is the endometrium, break down and are shed. Thus, the menstrual bleeding occurs. In this time, follicle stimulating hormone increases slightly. This stimulates the development of several follicles in the ovaries. Each follicle contains an egg. Later on in this phase, the follicle stimulating hormone, or F-S-F, oh golly, F-S-H, that's a bit of a tongue twister, F-S-H, F-S-H decreases, only leaving one follicle to develop. This follicle produces estrogen. In the beginning of this phase, the endometrium, which is the lining of the uterus, is thick with fluids and nutrients designed to nourish an embryo. With no fertilised egg, oestrogen and progesterone are low. The end result of this is that the top layers of the endometrium are shed and menstrual bleeding occurs. Around the start of menstrual bleeding, the pituitary gland slightly increases its production of FSH. FSH is follicle-stimulating hormone. It then stimulates the growth of 3 to 30 follicles, and each follicle contains an egg. Later on in this phase, as the level of FSH decreases, only one of the follicles, called the dominant follicle, continues to grow. The dominant follicle soon begins to produce estrogen, and the other follicles that were stimulated start to break down. The rising increase in estrogen also begins to prepare the uterus and stimulates the luteinizing hormone surge. On average, the follicular phase lasts around 13 or 14 days. Out of the three phases, this phase varies the most in length. It tends to become shorter near the menopause. The end of this phase is marked by a surge in the level of luteinizing hormone. The surge results in the release of an egg. Then we go into phase two, which is the ovulatory phase. This begins when the luteinizing hormone surges. I'm going to shorten that to LH. LH stimulates the dominant follicle to bulge from the surface of the ovary and rupture, releasing an egg. FSH, I'm sorry if I say that so slowly, it's hard to pronounce, increases but not as high as it has been. Why it increases is unknown. The ovulatory phase is quick and it usually lasts around 16 to 32 hours averagely. It ends when the egg is released about 10 to 12 hours after the LH serve. The egg can be fertilised for only about 12 hours after its release. What's interesting to note is that, although sometimes believed, the egg release does not alternate between the two ovaries and it appears to be random. If one ovary is removed, the remaining ovary releases an egg every month. And then we go on to phase three, which is the luteal phase. The luteal phase begins after ovulation. It usually lasts around 14 days and ends just before a menstrual period. In the luteal phase, the ruptured follicle closes after releasing the egg and forms a structure named the corpus luteum. The corpus luteum produces increasing quantities of progesterone. The progesterone produced prepares the uterus in case an embryo is implanted, causing the endometrium to thicken, filling with those fluids and nutrients to nourish an embryo. 
It causes the mucus in the cervix to thicken so that sperm and bacteria are less likely to enter the uterus. It also causes the body temperature to increase slightly during the luteal phase and remain elevated until the menstrual period begins. This temperature rise is used to estimate if ovulation has occurred. During most of the luteal phase, estrogen is high. Estrogen also causes the endometrium to thicken. The increase in estrogen and progesterone causes milk ducts in the breasts to widen and dilate. This explains the swelling and tenderness. If the egg is not fertilised, the corpus luteum degenerates after 14 days. Levels of progesterone and oestrogen decrease and the menstrual cycle begins. So those are our phases that our body goes through, which is kind of crazy because I am a menstruating person and I just think like, oh, yeah, here's the period, blah, 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 blah. And I've never actually thought of what is going on, like, why is this happening? I know my hormones level drop, but I don't actually think what's going into it. So it was really interesting to read up, like, why my boobs may be swollen or they feel like bigger and sore and it hurts to like put a compressing bra on wow that was too much detail about my boobs there for a second I'm sorry but yeah so it was just interesting to read about now we're going to talk about the hormones involved Endocrine glands produce the hormones that determine when you get your period, the amount of menstrual flow and what happens to your reproductive organs. The hypothalamus, which we know well from last week's episode, little plug there, please go listen. The hypothalamus connects your nervous system and your endocrine system by the pituitary gland, which also is in the brain and controls the hormones needed for the reproductive health and the period. Then we've got the six hormones that serve as the messengers to your reproductive system. So we've got gonadotropin, the follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone, estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. During the menstrual cycle, the hypothalamus first releases gonadotropin which causes a reaction in the pituitary gland and stimulates the production of follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone. Follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone are released by the pituitary gland. They promote ovulation and stimulate the ovaries to produce estrogen and progesterone. Estrogen and progesterone stimulate the uterus and breasts to prepare for the possible fertilization of an egg. By definition, the cycle starts on day one of bleeding and the day before the first day of the next cycle of bleeding is the last day. Does that make sense? So, like... The day you start bleeding is day one, and then the day before the next time you start bleeding is the last day, if that makes sense. <laughs> it's hard to wrap your head around in in words. So here are some facts and fun things that I found quite interesting. There are some studies that theorise that your voice changes during a cycle. It's theoretically... so. So there have been some studies, but it's not like a every woman's voice changes. But it is interesting to note that some singers, professional singers, time certain performances around their menstrual cycle because they feel like they're or that it it's to them they like they can hear that their voice is changing, which is absolutely crazy. And I'd love to do an experiment about that, like to just speak into a 
um, a microphone every day for a month and see what happens. That would be so cool. Also, in a menstrual cycle, you bleed a lot less than you think you do. And it's actually around two tablespoons or just under two shot glasses, which is not actually that much. Obviously, some people are heavier and some people are way lighter. But averagely, it's only around two tablespoons, which is mad. You are born with all of your eggs. Like, you are born with, like, you're born with every single one of them. You will never be able to get any more during life, which is also really scary and also really cool. Because, <laughs> like, what if I run out? What if I run out of them and I need them? But you are born with around one million. And then you lose around a thousand a month. So that's crazy, right? Like, madness. An immature egg is called an octile. They rest in follicles in your ovaries until they are chosen to mature and turn into follicles. And then, if they are chosen to be the chosen one, they are then called the dominant follicle. So what have we learned? Well, we've spoken about the anatomy of a period. We've spoken about when people usually get their periods. When does it stop? How many? And and how long are they? We've spoken about the phases in more depth. We've spoken about the hormones involved, some cool fun facts, and now we're going to talk about some symptoms. So there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of symptoms that menstruating people can get. So I can't list them all now because we'd be here ages. So one of the common ones are cramps. Uterine contractions cause cramps. This helps shed the lining. So basically, it's just the contractions kind of going, like, squeezing to get everything out, you know? Like a contraction. (laughs) Breaking out, like, I get really bad period skin. This is down to hormonal changes. The increase in androgens, like testosterone, stimulate the production of sebum, which is produced by the skin's sebaceous glands on your face, on your back, like, uh, where those glands are most commonly found, the sebum is overproduced on a menstrual cycle or leading up to the menstrual cycle Um, and it's usually cleared by the end of the menstrual cycle like the end of the um so it's usually cleared by the end of the first phase of the cycle so after the bleeding has stopped the hormones balance out and your skin becomes a lot more settled and calm We've spoken about the tender breasts, but yes, the tender breast is a common symptom too. The estrogen stimulates growth of the milk ducts in the breast, and when progesterone starts to rise, it makes the mammary glands swell, and this causes breasts to get swollen and tender. So then we've got fatigue, bloating, you know, the salt and water retention, bowel issues, the headaches, and so on and so on and so on. So I just wanted to give you guys a quick one. Oh god, that sounds really bad, (laughs) but I just wanted to get a quick episode out there because last week's one was just so long, but I really, really enjoyed last week, so thank you so much if you checked that one out, it means a lot. So yeah, that is the basic science of a menstrual cycle. Again, if you do need help, please go and speak to a medical professional. There is no shame in finding help and listening and looking after your body. I will leave lots of information down below, some resources, some great easy to learn pages and yeah, do check them out if you would like to read further. So as always, if you would like something to be made digestible, you know where to find me on Instagram or at our website. You can contact us there and let us know what you're dying to find out. We'd love to cover it. 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this quick little episode. It was fun to make and I hope you learned something and also enjoyed your time with me. I can't wait to see you next week. So make sure you tune in next time on the next episode of Digestible. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure to give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. And do be sure to drop a comment below to let us know what topic you need to be made digestible. You can find us on Instagram at Digestible Podcast. Catch you next time on the next episode of Digestible.